Welcome back to Archives of Fabella Daily, the podcast making you question everything you know in a magical world. Today is October 17th, equal to Libra 25th. Books are available on Amazon. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And hit that subscribe button for more great stories right in your feed. October 17th, 1969 is the date the Caravaggio painting Nativity with St. Francis and St. Lawrence is stolen from the oratory of St. Lawrence in Palermo. But in the magical wonderland of Fabella, a troll committed an unforgivable crime. Or did he? I'm Dylan Foley, and this is Archives of Fabella. There is love. Beyond our world, there is war. Beyond our world, there is life. Beyond our world, there is Fabella. Libra 25th, 5969, FY, Fabella year. Equal to October 17th, 1969, AD, Earth year. In mid Libra, 5969, young elven mother Idella Potts moved to Emerston Sheba, approximately where Atlanta, Georgia would be on a map of Earth. With her was her daughter, eight-year-old Verla Potts. By all accounts, mother Idella Potts was very pretty and vivacious, but days later, on Libra 25th, she was dead in the kitchen. The victim of being forced to slit her own throat due to a mind control curse. The darkness that engulfed the family after Adela Potts' murder marked the end of her daughter Virla's childhood. The world became dangerous in a way that was undeniable and unspeakable. Verla Potts never felt safe again. Mind control curses were illegal and very hard to trace, the caster had to have been within a hundred yards and within eyeshot of Adela Potts to cast the spell. The use of the mind control spell signaled that someone had a grudge against Adela Potts. Not only did they abuse her mind, they committed a murder in an attempt to stage it as a suicide. The killer left no evidence at the crime scene because they weren't even there. The only evidence Wardens had that this was a murder and not suicide was telltale scarring on Adela Potts' brain that could only have come from a mind control curse. Adela's murder remained unsolved for 10 years until a woman arrested on fraud charges implicated the Potts' neighbor, troll wizard Cotton Buckling, of the murder. 
Buckling had been in and out of jail for years on drug-related charges, but never murder. Verla Potts, now 18, felt increasingly sidelined and powerless as the case moved from investigation to prosecution. Verla demanded to have a personal meeting with her mother's suspected killer. Wardens allowed her to sit down with Buckling in a supervised setting. During her 15 minutes with Buckling, Verla and he exchanged their account of the day. Buckling maintained that he was home and only learned about Adela's death when wardens showed up. Nobody could corroborate his alibi. Verla was the one who discovered her mother in the kitchen when she came back from school. By the end of their conversation, Verla was convinced Buckling did not commit the murder. But the personal feelings of the deceased's daughter is not enough to pronounce Buckling innocent. Verla, intent on finding the real killer, digs deeper into the case. She begins with identifying the witch who accused Buckling in the first place, Sybil Inkwell. Sybil Inkwell was arrested on charges of carrying a false ID, a crime that carried with it about five years in prison. She would have to have been 10 at the time of the murder, so she was quickly ruled out as a suspect. But Verla paid more attention to Sybil than investigators did. She found that the Inkwells were a family with a strong hatred toward halflings in their community. Buckling had been in jail on an unrelated drug charge at the time that he was accused of the murder. He was brought in at the same time as Sybil, and the two even shared a jail cell. Because a cold case of Idella Potts' murder was 10 years old, investigators could not perform testing on Buckling's wand to prove his 5-inch fiberglass instrument cast the curse. Sybil's word that she had seen Buckling's royal blue curse slice through the air between his home and the Potts' home as a little girl was all that investigators had to tie Buckling to the murder. Verla believes Sybil is connected to the real killer. But how? And why is she only coming forward to speak after 10 years? Verla continues to dive deep into her mother's murder for years, but her suspicions are not enough to stop Buckling from standing trial and being convicted of her murder with very little evidence. Verla turns her attention to the investigators of the case themselves, Blue Cloak Wardens, Jaden Firethorn, and Billy Oleander. Here, she strikes pay dirt. Verla finds that these two investigators were good friends of the Inkwell family. She forms a hypothesis that the Blue Cloak investigators, Firethorn and Oleander, seeking to save Sybil from five years in prison, and the embarrassment to her family, and get Buckling off the street, convinced Sybil to lie about her whereabouts and what she saw on Libra 25th in exchange for a lighter sentence. Sybil Inkwell was never in the Potts neighborhood on that day. The murder of Adela Potts was used by law enforcement to wrongfully convict a troll they identified as a menace to society. 
Firethorn and Orleander saw that Buckling lived next door to a cold case homicide and used that as reason to get him thrown in jail. Verla went to authorities with her suspicions, but it took another 20 years of litigation from attorneys and the findings of a private investigator to finally get Sybil Inkwell to break and confess what Firethorn and Oleander had done. Buckling was released after 22 years in prison for a murder he didn't commit. Wardens Firethorn and Oleander were sentenced to nine years in prison for their part in convincing Sybil Inkwell to give false testimony. Sybil Inkwell committed suicide before she could be tried and sentenced. The real killer of Adela Potts was never found. That's going to do it for us today. Subscribe now to get more new episodes right in your feed. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Send your questions to archivesoffabella at gmail.com. Archives of Fabella is created, produced, and hosted by Dylan Foley with music by Garrett Ferris and audio blocks. Books are available on Amazon in ebook and paperback. As always, look outside of what is possible and think about what might be.